degrees. It's Indianapolis Center. Do you have any test operations restricted area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Area 31. Continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra-bright, and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce you to the members of the Posse Girls. Get ready. Sit yourselves down. Get a blanket. Get a blanket. Get a big box of Kleenex, big box of wipes, your squeegee and your lube because he's here from across the puddle, the very famous Juan Juan. Hey, Mac, you betcha I'm here. Hello, ladies. Get the blanket, get a pillow get too. The, yeah, soft. put the pillow wherever Down you want a pillow. Put it. Oh, yeah, baby. Interesting. Okay. Happy to be here and happy to be on the show. I live for this, as you know. Hmm. Every when, Wednesday morning, I can't wait to the next show. Wednesday morning, okay. We gotta do these shows every day. Listen, really, aren't you happy to be anywhere? <laughs> I'm happy to be anywhere. Exactly. That's the, that's the tattoo. Exactly. Um, yeah. Huh. Uh, so we shouldn't probably bring up the crisis that's going across England right now because no one ever wants it to happen to anybody. But right. Prin- Prince Charles, who is uh, as someone described as the world's oldest boy, actually he's the king now. He's the king. And uh, yeah, he's having some health problems, but but I'm more concerned, frankly, because it's just me, about the uh, the Duchess there. What's her name? You know the Kate. Old, yeah, what's is she still uh, in hospital? As they say. Yeah, I, oh, Kate she, is. Uh, no, is, she got out of the hospital the same day as the king. Yeah. Oh, real. Oh, okay. okay. So she's out. Okay. Phew. Okay, we can breathe. Good. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Everything's okay. Um, yeah. So uh, good wishes to him, and you know. I hate to be, but imagine being in the oldest son's position. See, Dad, how are you feeling? You okay? Can I help you with that? <laughs> imagine yeah. being the king and you, William, you, you William your had some life. plans. You know, he's yeah. going to race some cars and go to some movies and stuff, maybe yeah. go to Disney World. All of a sudden, he's thinking, oh, geez. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to go through that stupid ceremony? Come on. Yeah, that's true. He would probably, that, that'd be my first thing as king is no ceremony, please, because it's just so dumb. But. It would be bad for the Prince Charles if, for some reason, he couldn't serve. He waited his whole freaking life for this, and he's on—he's in there for about six King months. Charles, and, please, oh. King Charles. Okay, sorry. Harry's back in town. But but he—he's he, uh, been on the headlines for about a year, I think. Uh, you right. know, on purpose. I think they had to—they sure. had to calm that down. Go ahead, please. Harry's back in town and uh, visited the king at uh, Singraham. Uh, Did he? However, you pronounce that place. Uh, yes, his yep. retreat up there. Yep. But. The, the scuttlebutt is, will Harry or will not Harry mm-hmm. meet uh, William? Oh, really? Oh, the brother, yeah. Kiss yeah. and make up, hold hands yeah, huh. and stuff like that. Hmm. 
Yeah. Wow. Will there be any kind of hint of reconciliation? Well, you got a lot going on over there, there, one one. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So far, there has been no contact between the two brothers. Just as long as Princess, what's her name? Kate is okay. We're yeah. cool. Okay. She, to me, is like the perfect penthouse pet, like late mm -hmm. 80s, early 90s or so. She had that kind of, you know, kind of be street look. Anyway, let's she move does. on. Let's move on. Uh, also with us is our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Wood. Switchy, you know what? I don't know. Out of the blue, let's just clap for him because, you know, I think he needs a morale boost. Okay, let's see who's not clapping. Club is not clapping. Okay, oh, good. No, I'm, I'm... Oh, don't. That, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> he bottomly got a full, full Monty of that uh, squirrel on his head. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, uh, Switchy? I, I am beyond wonderful. Mm -hmm. Okay. You see, we can't help it, but you have a different freaking hairstyle every week. Now, this is something else going on here. No, no. It's, look, when, when it gets to be a certain length, I have to put a part in it. Otherwise, uh, people, uh, young children, think they've seen a Sasquatch. Uh, that looks like a, it looks like you get grazed by a bullet. Look at that thing. That's not very well, well. Actually, when, when I look in the mirror, I think I have preacher hair. You know what I mean? Exactly. You got I feel it. like yep. I should be waving a Bible around pointing mm -hmm. at you guys calling you sinners. Right, exactly. You know, while you're banging hookers in a coke-filled room in a motel somewhere. So look at it, anyway. <laughs> well, that's the way it goes. I'm sorry. Wow. Also, let us know how that goes with you, Switchy. Maybe I'll sign yeah. up. <laughs> yes. Let's get flag in, the tape right there. Get in line. Oh. Whoa. 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 So listen, our uh, security chief is also here, Willie Club. Willie, how are you? You know, I am excellent. And, I mean, you've got to be. Look at this. The, you know, the days are getting longer, the night's shorter, and the Bruins and Celtics are in first place. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm pinching myself. Here. Yes. Yeah. Well. I can't see where, but I'm pinching myself. Have the ticket prices gone up at the Garden? Oh, yeah. For those, yeah. Of, those games? I mean, Everything well. Everything goes up. Crazy. All these, yeah. all these teams raise their prices. See, what's not, what's not right is, though, someone was talking about this the other day, is that if you – have tickets. Let's say you have tickets to go see two games this year. The Patriots playing San Francisco and the Patriots playing the Panthers. The Panthers are the worst team ever in the NFL history. You pay more to see San Francisco. Do you see what I'm saying? So the so the yeah. the blanket price might be two hundred and fifty bucks a seat. All right. You that's what you when you want to see Carolina, that's what you pay. But for San Francisco you might pay 330 or something like that. They add on having to do with whether the team is good or not. That's bullshit, man. Come on. Think about that. Yeah, it is. How cynical that well, is. It's like, it's, it's like going to a rock concert. You're going to pay a different price right. for Taylor Swift right. than you would for you know Billy Joel or something. That's, <laughs> you know, that's the, what the, it is. In the end. It's entertainment. Remember that. Yeah, but, it so, sports, but it's, it's entertainment. Yeah, that, that just uh, – and, and I'll tell you, if you're the, if you're the uh, season ticket owner – you're screwed because if you don't pay for it, they take away your tickets. I mean, you have to pay, you have to buy the whole package no matter what. Anyway, mm. sports in Boston. But the Bruins looking good. Celtics, ooh, you watch them and you say, oh, my God. They're just unbelievably good. But a lot of tough teams. Jalen Brown's playing out of his mind. Yeah, they're just, yeah. he's changed his game. I'm not going to turn this into the sports game. He's changed his game a lot. He used to have a lot of takeaways and stuff. He couldn't dribble. He's worked on it. He really has. Yeah. And he and man, when he's hitting, phew, it's just weird to see them just never miss. Anyway, talking never missing in the studio with us tonight, 
is UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo. Al. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. <clears throat> um, what I what I found interesting about that whole uh, monarchy thing is they were talking about what would the queen be called if Charles were to have a real health you know, health yeah. issue and pass because he she won't be called the queen mum because she's not the mother of the next king. Are you talking she'll, to the um, Rottweiler there? Her? She, yeah. She'll be the queen dowager. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, uh, the Queen Dowager. What does that Dowager. even mean? Yes. That's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know you know where that came from. What's a Dowager mean? I have no idea. I, I would imagine old maid. Old she's lady. the queen consort right now. But no, I think she's the queen. She'll I don't be think queen she's consort Camilla, anymore. Whether you like it or not. Wow, man, oh man. I mean You know what? Deal with it. Well you Diana know what? is not walking through that door. Oh wow. That's where's the where's the sound effects? Damn. Anyway. So only Boston sports fans would get that reference. <laughs> but it's actually pretty good. Only Boston sports fans know what that reference <laughs> right. was. Bottom Lady Diane's and walking through that door. Holy cow. <laughs> Ouch. Anyway. Well, you're welcome. Al, thanks for joining us. Hey, glad to be here. You know, it's... Uh, Getaway driver as well. Just another day. We're up to Thirsty Moose early on. There was no medical emergency as there was at the bar last week, but everything was uh, kind of cool, calm, and collected. Uh, also with us, shaking her head at me, as if I had forgotten her. How could that be? Is our favorite good witch up there in Sideways Young, Raven is with us. Raven, how are you tonight, Raven? Hi, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, Raven. You're looking good tonight. Thank you. What's the hat? What's I'm trying to make out the hat logo. I'm not making it. it says, I got this in Salem, actually, at the brewery. Um, yeah. I think it's East Regiment. Uh, beer close company, to the camera. Something like that. Can you put it close to the camera? It says, F- you won one. What's, where'd you get that? <laughs> <laughs> See, now I'm disconnected. So it's not a witch motif hat. It's something, it's a brewery hat. It has like a witch broom on it. And then um, okay. one of those musket guns. And yes. I don't know. The brewery is really cool because it has like this like little outdoor thing. Um I don't know. I liked it there. Doesn't, they really good food. Doesn't this area, Raven, impress the hell out of you with the historical references on everything that they sell? Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's it's like cold, you know? I really, really love the cold. So, you know, going, like, because we were up there last week or whenever that was, or two weeks yeah. ago, and, like, yeah, going up to, you know, where there's little beachy towns and stuff when it's wintertime is, oh. like, my type of thing. Really? It's cool. It's mm. it's picturesque. There's still people around. It's they cold. Enjoy it. They're not they're not hunkered down saying, Oh, it's so cold. They it's don't want to be cold. Out. Yeah. Man, it's cold. People are out. You know? Um yeah, too cold. Too cold. Anyway, we're all here. So this is fun, <laughs> right? And um we've got a lot of emails in the for the past few shows. Some of them we can't read in the uh, club. I'm gonna have to run some of them by you. But Everyone is so glad that Raven is back. And and a lot of outpouring for Switchy. Remember that Switchy, you know, he missed a show. There was some drama yeah. in one of the shows he was on. It was a whole thing, especially backstage. And he couldn't get the train crash right. Now he can't see himself. He says <laughs> he's... <laughs> okay. So a lot of sympathy for you and... You know, the starving. You can't somebody. see himself part. Yeah. I'm trying to run through my head. As a technician, I'm going. What would that be? What What do you see, Switchy? Do you just see a black screen? I when, I, when, I, when I bring it up, 
you know, when you originally bring it up and you mm -hmm. look at that little box, I can see myself. And okay. I can see my background and all yes, that. Yes. But when I bring this up, I just see four boxes. What's this? What's what are you saying when you bring what up? You said when I bring this up, you mean the the, the chat right. itself? When you sign into Zoom in the first place, do you see yourself? So yes. And then okay. what happens? The cat gets in the way. The cat gets in the way. Move that cat. Hey, Switchy. I know yeah. we're on the air. Can you do me a favor and just click view in the top right corner? View. In view and see if you have hide self view checked. Okay, I don't see any view on here. There's a tiny word. It's hard to see. Upper right-hand corner. Very tiny. I just see sign in. Yeah, it should be next to that. You don't see that? No. Hmm. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, now it, it came on. Look on that. Do you have okay. hide self view check? It's got gallery is checked. Okay. Uh, and under that, it should be hide self. Let me try self view. Ah, there I am. Oh my God. Wow. Oh. Raven, Raven, Raven. you're a tech editing. They found we have to hide it. Raven, well done, well done. Thank you. I was afraid I was going to fade away. Something over it. A wisp of myself. I'm not listening to anything Club's saying, by the way. No, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Okay. Because I try to be nice. Good catch, Raven. Very good. Hey, how did that's really, how did, but how did I get thrown out anyway? Because the cat hit the button, obviously. <laughs> could be, yeah. Good it could name. be like one of the F keys or something that maybe maybe your cat stepped on. <laughs> wow, my hair does look bad, doesn't it? Wow, you know what? I, I hate to say it, but you know I'm on YouTube a lot. I watch a lot of YouTube music, a lot of the same songs over and over. But yeah. you know, and they they give you kind of options. One of them says um, <laughs> they they. Uh, Leaped out in their own way, the bad word, but it says one cat f***s up another and was like 21 seconds. So I go, I got to watch this, right? And it's just two cats kicking the shit out of each other. Just, it never stops, you know? It's, and they're falling over stuff, and it's really weird. But since I've clicked on that, You're getting cat all things. I get is cat stuff, you know? And there's, there's, there's no music. Yeah. There's no On every device. Everything. Cats, cats, Perina, here's my, here's my cat, cat begging for help. Jesus Christ. Anyway, perfect. Yeah, for, yeah, for no, you. I, I, mean, got I get inundated with they got me. YouTube videos that that uh, the character is mini dachshunds. Mini dachshunds oh. doing this, mini really? dachshunds yeah, doing wow. that. And it's amazing. The family that's got this dachshund has all these cool things set up and beautiful music in the background. Really? Oh, for the and there's dogs. dachshunds that look like uh, our sweet Olivia. Yes. This red smooth dachshund. Mm -hmm. I oh, remember. God, I just... I tear up every time I see the dachshund. Years and years ago, a long, long time ago, when we used to have 10 questions from Juan Juan from the Starboard Galley. Remember those days? Yeah. And one of the questions was, <clears throat> did your dachshunds hounds ever run away from home? And if they did, did they leave a note blaming you? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I can remember that. Well, about seven years ago. Anyway, so why don't we do this? Why don't we? We have a top ten tonight, as it turns out. And um, Raven has it, and I believe. Well, you know the title, Raven. Please tell us. Um. Yeah, I know the title. It's top ten reasons Max' book was banned in Florida. Top ten reasons why Max' new book has been banned in Florida. The name of the book is "How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught." 
the Alpha Rally that story. That is correct. On Amazon.com. A lot of buzz, as they say in the biz, around how the double body at Sienaka caught the Al Ferrari story has been banned in Florida. And these are the top 10 reasons why. So start the music. Okay, everyone get the bit? Everyone get it? Okay, if you get the get concept, it. you get the bit. Okay, here we go. Number 10, please, Raven. Number 10, we misspelled the word alligator 119 times. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of alligators down there. There's about 16 million of them. Okay, please, number nine, Raven. Number nine, we used too many big words. Wait, what we used? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we used too many big words like dental, healthy, and brain power. <laughs> they didn't like that. They were offended. Okay, number eight, this is top 10 reasons why Max's book, new book, has been banned in Florida. Please, number eight, Raven. Number eight, they looked into an association with Juan Juan, declared him an... Uh, undesirable. Uh, Unfit. Undesirable. Undes undesirable, is that what that says? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. These are handwritten. Undesirable, and at that point, we were screwed. They looked into our association <laughs> with Juan Juan. Declared him an in, uh, um, indesirable because he left the country. I left that part yeah. out. So I was uh, and at that redundant point, and illegitimate. There you go. I just couldn't spell those words in a rush. Uh, next, <laughs> please, Raven. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm trying my best, guys. It's okay. Number seven on page eighty-five, at the bottom of the page, Matt calls DeSantis Shemp. And Ron throws a hissy fit. <laughs> Come on. He looks like Shemp. Come on. He looks, if you put that hair down over his eyes, you know what I mean, over his forehead, he's Shemp. Well, he yeah, looks like Shemp. something. <laughs> Next, like, please. Uh, I won't say it. I'll get in trouble. No, no. You don't have to. He's, you know. We love our, we love our Florida listeners. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, right, yeah. If there's any left. Next, please. Raiden, these are the top ten reasons why Max's new book has been banned in Florida, please. Okay. <laughs> Max. Max camp. Max. Campaign. Campaign to. Oh my God. Just I can't read your handwriting. <laughs> quote unquote. <laughs> Max campaign this is the to... best top ten yet. Yes, right. You know, we're only at the at the seven mark. Quote unquote. Oh my God. Yes. Max campaign to quote unquote cut it off at Daytona isn't isn't the... trending well with the mullet crowd. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Max campaign to quote unquote cut it off at Daytona and let the rest float away. Is not trending with the mullet crowd. Wow. Okay. Next, please. Okay. Yikes. The the. Give me the first word. Okay, I'll... I'm just gonna read exactly what I what I'm okay, reading here. Go ahead. This would be fun. The sick in chapter five have books. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Wow. No, no. Sorry. sorry. That's actually funnier than what it really is. But what it is is the stick figures in Chapter 5 have boobs. 
<laughs> well, that's a big difference. Okay, we'll work with that. And Ivy. This is the last top ten I'll ever read. I, I like her version better. Yeah, okay. Next, please, okay. Raven. Good Lord. Yes, good Lord. Number four. Lord Jesus, our Savior, Son of God, and proud NRA member is not mentioned once in the book. <laughs> that really pissed them off. Next, please, Raven. Number three. A Florida man claims he's written a similar book called How to Throw a Person Off Your Boat and Not Get Apprehended, uh, apprehended by the Law. And he's suing for plagiarism. Florida man. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, number two. Number two. Kicked back no money to the Meddling. Medellin drug cartel. Big mistake. Kicked back no money to the Medellin drug cartel. Big mistake. Okay. No Miami Vice fans here? Come on. Okay. Please. Don't they, don't they have hippos? Or something. Yeah, did you hear about that? Those hippies? Yeah. <laughs> one of the guys down in Columbia had, one of the drug dealers, had hippos in the in the river near him. Escobar. Escobar. Oh, was it Escobar? He bought them. Okay. He brought them so in. They, hippos, I hate to say it, but they f like rabbits. We'll take that out. Okay, and and once they get going, it's impossible to stop them. And now suddenly hippos are in South America, and they couldn't take them out. Why? They couldn't. There was a reason they couldn't take them out of the country because yeah, some of them were born there, and they couldn't bring them back to Africa. Something, but they're very dangerous. Oh, they they kill yeah. more they humans kill, yeah. than lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, really? Yeah, they're, they're vicious, vicious freaking animals, man. Yeah, hippos. Anyway, it's a great children's story, though. Hungry hippos. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. Right. Probably Philip Vane's company. Do okay, you have so one, Raven? I, I used to. I don't have it anymore. But they're so cute because their little ears stick out of the water. Yeah. And then, like, little birds will land on their head. Oh, right. so it's okay <laughs> if they eat me because they're adorable. I saw once when they ate one of those birds. But go ahead. That was National Geographic. It was awful. <laughs> That's why I don't watch National <laughs> Geographic. Okay. Okay. This is a, I got to swipe for this one. So, so just bear with me. Okay. Um, okay. This is the number one reason why Max Book was banned in Florida. Hey, people, the book is called How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught. They don't want to give anyone down there any more ideas. Right? Yes. Come on. Come on. Yeah, I buy that one. Hey, listen, I've been down there many times, and the uh, club used to live down there. And he's shaking his head with agreeing well, with I, I didn't. I never owned up to living down there. No, were you? Visited. No. But you, were you? It, it, the villages, are they in Florida or are they in... Georgia. Yeah, they're, they're right below Gainesville in the middle of the state by uh, Ocala, right in the middle of um, cattle country. Yeah, you go by them on, the, on 95 for sure. I've seen it. So, it's, well, no, it's off. It's is it off 95? 95? Oh, there's probably another. Yeah. It's an interesting, interesting place. Someday I'll tell you the stories about this. Okay. They're number one in syphilis cases in uh, <laughs> the United States. Wow. The cows? All these old retirees, really? supposedly. Uh, oh yeah, got the like, sift. You know, rabbits. They're going crazy in the bushes. <laughs> I thought right we were talking about cows here. Well, we are. It. In a way, we still are. Well, I, I, see, I thought they were. I thought you saw that off of ninety-five. No, you don't see it off. Of, it's it's. You got to come off ninety-five, sure. but then you go inland. Oh really? Yeah. So you yeah. can't see yeah, it from the highway. I don't know. There may be a sign or something, but you got to go. I went through Gainesville because I used to live there. Right. But yeah, yeah. It, you can't get there. You know, it's not right off ninety-five. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is that why you're always uh, taking penicillin? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you never get, never, never get through it. 
Okay. All right. Well, okay. So, so how long were you there? That, this actually does sound like a funny story. How long were you there for? Uh, two, uh, well, I, we went for two straight winters. We stayed there like four months oh, each yeah, okay. winter. Okay. And then my wife got to the point where she wanted to be on the coast. She likes the ocean, and, mm-hmm. I, and I like the, uh, you know, the lakes. Yeah, yeah. So I had a compromise, and we had to move to the ocean after that. Fresh That's water. a good compromise. It's a good compromise. Fresh water, salt water. Yeah, okay, interesting. Anyway, okay, we've done the top ten. We've done the damage. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now? And regroup, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mike Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. The whole gang is here, so please stay tuned. Hey, Mac Maloney fans, this is Pistol Pete, and I'm sitting here with the one and only Mac Maloney. Hi, Mac. Hi, Pete. Now, Mac, you've got a new book out called How to Dump a Body at Sea and not get caught, that you wrote with our pal, famous crime novelist, Mark Zapula. How did this whole thing come about? Well, Mark and I have this uh, mutual friend that we would go out uh, having beers with every once in a while, and he had the same 20 stories that he would tell us kind of over and over again. And at some point, I said, you know, we should write these down. And we did, and it turned into a book. It's such a crazy title. How'd you come up with it? Well, kind of the same thing. We're in the bar talking to this uh, friend of ours one night, and he just said, you know how to get rid of a body at sea and not get caught. And, of course, we didn't know. And so uh, he told us. And uh, the secret is in the book, but I can say that it involves a lot of chain-link fence and some crabs. Now, Mac, you gave me an advanced copy of the book. And like I said before, it's one of the funniest things I've ever read. It reminded me of The Sopranos if The Sopranos had a laugh track. Thanks, Pete. But it also gives you instructions on how to do some pretty shady stuff, stuff not exactly legal. Well, yeah, the book is about the true life adventures of a juvenile delinquent growing up in Boston in the late 1980s. So you get a lot of the inside stuff like the best way to steal a car, best way to burn a car, how to make fake IDs, things like that. But in one chapter, you actually tell people how to turn an old broken down Toyota into a brand new Rolls Royce in five easy steps, and it actually works. Uh, Yeah, I know it sounds crazy. I didn't believe it until I saw the proof, but yes, it actually works. Now, one last question. There's a lot of laughs in the book, but also a lot of pretty crazy stuff, legal and illegal. Is it really all true? It's really all true, but um, on the advice of a publisher, they've asked us not to say anything beyond that for legal reasons. But yes, it is all true. Well, thanks, Mac. That's How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught, the Al Ferrari story by Mac and crime writer Mark Zapula. Get it today on Amazon. Our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Hey, this is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have you tonight. Very quickly, I will introduce the posse. Girls, you see here, the very famous Walmart. Funny. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Hello, everybody. Oh, they're Welcome the to the show. It's been fun so far. When's the last time you had fish and chips? I have to ask you. I, I still haven't. I've had chips, but I haven't had the fish to go really? with it in quite yeah. a while. I don't hmm. know why. All right. The commitment is gone. Okay. 
Interesting. Yeah, would... I, I have something in Lexington, Kentucky that actually is fish, fish and ships, but it's not called that. So. Mm-hmm. Was it the voice of God? <laughs> that voice come by anyway. Let's... Also here is uh, our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward. Switchy down there in West Virginia. Switch. Great to be here. Okay. If a civil war breaks out, are you going to head north or are you going to stay where you are? <laughs> I'm just going to hunker down. Uh, good idea. You and the cats? I can hide in the TNT area. You, well, that's right. No one come near you. Yeah. Anyway. They won't find me there. Also with us is our security chief, Willie Glove. Willie, how you doing? Hi, Mac. Hi, everyone. I'm doing great. Great to be here tonight. Any junk food nearby? Uh, I got to catch up on my inventory. I had a party the other night. They finished all the... Devil dogs and Twinkies and all that. And so Lent means nothing to you, right? Lent, forget about it, right? Lent. Lent, huh? Yeah. Uh, I have uh, not for food. I mean. Okay. All right. I'm gonna understand. Well, we're gonna pretend we do. Also. Yeah, I don't give up a lot of things, but not food. Oh, good. Good idea. Uh, Also, uh, all right. What can you just give us one of them now? People are gonna want to know. Are you saying you give up bourbon? What? What I give up? Yeah. Um, is this a family show? Oh, We're okay, going to give next. up for Lent, no, Devil Dog. This is a family show. that I give up that I really want to talk about. Okay, we understand. It's that. embarrassing, but... That's um, fine. That's all right. That's but yeah, I, I, you know, I give up different things. I'd rather not say. It's kind okay. of personal. We get it. Okay. All right. Yeah. We don't want to be awkward on this show. That's for sure. Also with us in the studio. <laughs> oh, God forbid. UFO mechanic and getaway driver. Yeah, we're now, though, looking for porn on this <laughs> Laptop here. What's going on there? Facebook Marketplace. Um, <laughs> good to be here, Mac. And I don't give up anything for Lent. Sorry. There you go. Yeah, right. Life's too short. I give up liver and onions. Also with us is a very good friend up there in Sideways New York Raven. Our yeah. favorite good witch. Raven. Hey, my friends. You, you will end up giving up liver at one point. If you, you think don't so? Work. Yeah, I gave it up when I was three. <laughs> Raven, how are you tonight, Raven? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Are you enjoying the ride? Yes, always. Do you know last week I called you honey? Somewhere in a daze, yeah, in a smoky daze. I said, you know. Maybe I was talking about Al's honey. I was talking about Al's honey. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Our guest tonight is Charles Upton. Let's Let's give him a round of applause because... Oh, okay. Silent applause, which I'm very used to. I, no, I no, no. There's a lot of applause. No, this will be audio. No, listen, uh, this will be audible. I have to say, you look like a like a viceroy, or a, you know, back in Middle East, you know, England, right? About a thousand years ago. Who am I thinking of? Like a viceroy, like a guy, you know? Oh, you years look, ago, when people wore wore dress jackets, that was a long time. Ago. Hmm. <laughs> okay, so uh, well, you're a very kind of uh, regal-looking person, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, the sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah, that's who I'm trying to think of. Yeah, that guy. I always identified with the other, you know, with the loyal opposition at that point. Robin Hood? Yeah, a, a bit, you know, hmm. or, or one of his... Uh, Sidekicks? Or a man, you know. What, what, you don't have a cat, do you, Charles? Yes, that was a real cat. That was not just your mind. You know? oh, oh, well, there's a cat thing. We've got a cat, cat thing going on the show, but let's... Loaded with- with the cat people of the show. Except one. Um, let's not get bogged on that. So, Charles, tell us. I saw your, uh, some of your stuff online. Please, can you tell us in you know two or three sentences exactly what you're up to? Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, let's see. 
I go back. Well, I just I just finished writing an, writing an autobiography uh, called "Giving Myself Away," which is 460 pages, yes. single spaced word. Really, it's kind of long, and that goes back. I remember before the counterculture, yes, when the when there was such a thing as a real Catholic church, which I was, you know, an older boy in, and all of this. Then I remember the counterculture coming through Marin County. Was Marin County half my life? Okay. Remember, yeah, uh, coming through it was counterculture, and uh, you know, I, I was a protege of the Beat Generation, particularly Beat Generation poet Lou Welch. Yes, and then I went through all the guru after guru after guru, and mm. and, and I tried to take every drug once. Yes, and, you know, and and uh, then you know this 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 went on, and um, at one point, my wife and I became the elders of a of a, a small Presbyterian church in Marin County. We were doing a sanctuary for Central American refugees. Really, which okay. was which nice. was a you know a federal. I was proud to do a federal offense you know mm -hmm. and you know before that you know just basically hanging around the peace movement you know hanging around the guru scene hanging around the music scene taking the drugs yes then um you know a a after that did a couple of years new age just to see what the hippies had turned into by that time okay and then uh i, I then suddenly i said you gotta go straight you're crazy you're doing mm -hmm. crazy stuff you're gonna, you're, you're, you know, the, the edge of the cliff is coming closer. So, go ahead. Um, I said, how did I go to straight? Well, I decided to, to uh, join uh, a Sufi order that was active in San Francisco, the Namatulahis, and uh, I walked into that place, and uh, you know, I've been probably a pretty good alcoholic for 15 years. Yes. After doing your best. Um, after walking in there, I never took another drink. I really? never, I didn't, I, I didn't do. AA, I didn't do, I didn't, you know, work at it. I did just, you, did you it say Sufi? You I say still wanted it, Sufi? but I, I was, I knew I would never do it again, and I never did. So, and then, then so. Uh, after that, uh, or concurrently with that, I started to, to look at more intellectual spirituality, get involved with people called the traditionalist or perennialist school with the names René Guignon, uh, Ananda Kumar Swami, Fritjof Schoen, if you've ever heard of any of those guys. Uh -huh. And um, then, you know, this was all in California. Then me and my wife moved to Lexington, Lexington Kentucky, because she grew up in Kentucky in okay. 2004. Uh -huh. And after that, basically, the last activist thing I did was get involved with something called the Covenants of the Prophet Muhammad with the Christians of the world, because, you know, Su Sufis are Muslims. I don't want to be as straight a Sufi as I could be. Sufis. And so, uh, which was not that straight, but okay. as I could do. And so, you know, uh, to be a Sufi, you got to be a Muslim, according to that theory. So ended up to, um, helping this guy, Dr. John Andrew Morrow, another Muslim, uh, a Métis, who is, which means a half-breed oh. Indian and European guy from uh, um, Quebec in Canada, yes. uh, who did incredible uh, research in finding the, the, the treaties that the Prophet Muhammad made with other religions at okay. his time, which mm -hmm. are incredible documents and mostly forgotten. And just as ISIS was coming up, yes. we were giving those doc doc documents to the world, proving that ISIS was under the curse of Allah and his prophet, which was pretty intense. And so, uh, well, weren't they? Weren't they then, actually? Then, then, can I just? Then COVID can I, came and, can and I, uh, stopped. Can I just? Can, let me interrupt you for a second. Wasn't ISIS actually uh, acting on the? And weren't they Muslim uh, people, kind of uh, fanatics? ISIS. Um, 
Well, ISIS, ISIS, look, it, it, it developed too fast. Well, yeah, I mean, they were cutting it, people's it, it heads off. It was called into existence by a lot of people. Yeah, yeah but they it, were, they were they're cutting people's upon you know, Wahhabi types. And what happened Muslim to them? Types, what happened you know, to them? What from, happened from, to them? Islam, you know, the, the kind of Muslims that, that hate Sufis and think... What happened our, to our them? Blood, our blood is, is, is haram, which means they get yeah, to kill yeah. us whenever they see us. We're not going to... We but, can't... Can uh, I tell Charles, can I tell you something? We're not going to... We cannot... Uh, we, Charles, Charles, uh, Charles. created Charles. By, by, you know, uh, Saudi Arabia, Israel, the United States, yeah, okay, Turkey... Listen. We can't and, do this. And a bunch of, uh, and, and probably British intelligence okay. was involved. Hey, Charles, listen. Charles. International... Uh, uh, mercenary pool to throw this army together because we were we wanted to counter the influence of Russia and Iran in Syria. I mean, Charles, and, uh, Charles, and, 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 Charles. And, and then they got away from us. Okay, and we, Charles. And we had to destroy them. Is you your know? cat there? Can I talk to the cat? <laughs> Listen, Charles, let me ask you a couple of questions, okay? Yeah. Okay. First of all, we don't talk politics on the show. We're not going to have some kind of Muslim oh, uh, no, thing, okay? Never, all right, all right. No, all right. So we don't want that to happen, okay? We never, really never don't want that to happen. I'd rather talk about yeah. music with you. Here's, okay, all right. Here's the second thing. I do have a question about Muhammad, though. The the yeah. the, 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 the Muhammad, the guy. I think it's yeah. the number one name in the world now. So when they call people to prayers, right? You have the guy up in the tower. And yeah. he, it sounds like he's screaming with someone with a wrench on him. You know what I mean? It's very off-key. It's very uh, – and I heard the reason it's like that is because the first guy to do that was one of Muhammad's buddies, and he couldn't sing for shit. So everyone has to duplicate him. Is that true? No. Because, sure? because you know, Western, Western dull Western musical sensibilities. Okay. That only know so you're going to say that sounds chords, good? The three chords you can make a blues song out of. Yeah, That's yeah, as far yeah, as right. we get. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's actually very, you know, there's there's some of those muezzines who are the guys that yell from the tower. Right. They're just beautiful. Are they I mean, lovely? It's, it's, yes. Okay. It's it's highly artistic and and, and, it? and it takes a lot a lot of work and a lot of practice. Does it really? to get to do that? Every know? time I hear them, but they're rather to art to, to Western to dull. Western yeah, but the, the people always time. say that though. You know, and there's the people like pounding on pots for six hours. It's like we don't understand it because we're from the West. But let me ask you this though: you said something interesting. Yeah. You said three chords yeah. is a blues song. I saw an interview with the guy who's the top guy in ZZ Top, Billy Gibbons. You know, he's like the head t ZZ Top guy. He's he says. Same three guys, same three chords. We've been doing it for 40 yeah. years, you know, and it's true. It's true. I mean, you know, what you say, it's, it's the sim simplicity one, four, of it. five all day long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the only guy who did better than that was uh, was Jim Morrison, who wrote most of his songs with two notes, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Na, 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 yeah. You know, song after song. Mm -hmm. so. I saw him live, as it turns out. So listen, uh, before we get into what we're going to get into... You uh, had some kind of, we were talking about the Rolling Stones a little bit before we came on the air. We we're going to talk about a favorite Rolling Stone song, and I really want to know what your favorite Rolling Stone song is. Well, I, mean, I, I don't have a favorite Rolling Stone. I mean, wow. I mean, there's so, so many masterpieces, and mm -mm. sometimes in a certain mood, I like their ballad stuff, you know, really? like uh, No Expectations, and that's slow, Go ahead. you know, stuff. But I, but I mean, I love stuff uh, exile on main street i mean wow mm. but um if if we want a song that is appropriate to what i want to talk about go ahead which is i'm going to announce it 
yeah. uh, the the uh, coming UFO worship religion as yes. a form of Satanism, yes. which it definitely is, to, to my belief. We could end this with sympathy for the devil, if you'd like really? to. Okay. All right. Good song. Yeah. Good song. I wouldn't call all their songs masterpieces. I think they have. I was starting to count them the other day, and oh. it's up to 20. They did 20 really good songs, really good yeah. songs. The Beatles did like 160 really good songs, but the Stones are more of a live band. They're more of a presentation band. You know, they're not a studio band. They're really not a studio band. But my favorite, yeah, that's true. My favorite Stones record, you're never going to guess it. Wama, what's yours? Real quick, and then we'll get into this. My favorite Stones record yeah, if you is had Sticky to, Fingers. No, your favorite, I mean, your favorite single, your favorite song. Oh, favorite sing. Can't you hear me knocking from really? Sticky Fingers? <laughs> Anyone else have any? No, no one. You know, that amazing uh, Andy. solo and the amazing Mick Taylor uh, yeah, like lead him. stuff. Yep. Annie, right? Annie? Annie, yeah. Angie. Okay. Yeah, Angie. Angie, yeah. I, you know what song I really I like? I love Angie. By them is, he's going to sing it. Uh, mixed emotions. To be alive. Wow, hang on. He's yeah. stepping on. He's singing on me. They get great ballads. Cool, uh, slow songs that I like, yeah. Yeah, they do. They knew, they knew when to write a ballad. Mixed emotions is my favorite Stone song. I don't know why, but it just. Uh, and then the other one was. Um, um, <clears throat> hmm. Think about the guns in Central Park. What is that? Heartbreaker. Great song. Great friggin' song. Remember Heartbreaker? Kind of a minor yeah. hit. You know, they knew how to cook in whatever they were in. That's what was different. Give about Me Shelter. That. Give Me Shelter is a great song. Happy songs like yeah, that. I mean, that's, yeah. that. That's great for right now, you know. Yeah. So Listen to the bass on Give Me here's, Shelter. Here's one of those moisines coming in. There you go. I can hear him. He's off tone. That's pretty good. Right? I think we couldn't yeah. hear a thing. Okay. All right. I'm going I will look I for one it. who's uh, actually in tune and get back to you. So listen. So now what do you what what did you um you you made an announcement, please tell us. Well, okay. Uh, I sent around to a bunch of people and these were people who were in the email circle of Jack Sarfati. I don't know if 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 you're connected with that circle and then then somebody else sent me uh, like like a, a 250, 350, you know, uh, people an email to, to a huge group of UFO, you know, aficionados. Okay. And so I put them on my list and I sent out to all of them just saying, well, what we're getting now is a religion of UFOs and it's being pushed like crazy by, by every media outlet in the world. Really? And, and it seems to have a lot of money and support behind it from the the uh, military industrial intelligence complex and okay. it's coming out of you know out of everybody's pores and let's just ask it's not just 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 the the history channel anymore you know <laughs> so i'm saying if you want to find out where this what this is as a religion i'm not talking about the ufo phenomenon which is something of its own go ahead uh, but 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 the idea of making a religion out of it, where did that come from? Well, check three things. Go ahead. One is the, the, the life and career of Jack Parsons. The other is the life and career of, of Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino. Okay. And the, the um what was the what was the third one? Oh, just just figure out Switchblade Steve know, Ward. Where, where the idea came from that the, that we were not created by God, but we were created by the aliens. Okay, let's stop. Can we stop, Charles? Can I just stop you there for a second? Yeah, okay. But that's 
I don't want to say Switchy's involved, okay? He's going to sue me. But yeah. let me ask you this, yeah. okay? So what you're saying is, if I hear you right, is that the Pentagon, everybody, all those people are creating a religion to worship UFOs uh, as, as, as a, as, first of all, as a pretense to what? Uh, the UFO is going to land, and then we'll all be worshiping them. Is that the well? I angle? mean, who, who knows how it's finally going to shake out? But the idea, what they want to do, is get rid of the major world religions. Because huh. if you want to control the world, you do not want billions of people huh. having their worldview determined by and their basic morality determined by people that you don't control. Well, I mean. Yeah. Forget that. Get get you know get rid of them or depotentiate them or weaken them or I'm, do anything you can. Actually, all and thought what that. we're having now is people are leaving the churches in droves and they're actually leaving the mosques in droves as well. And a lot of people are saying, I mean, I, I saw a YouTube video that says you know from atheist to UFO believer. I mean, you know, this girl didn't believe in any anything, hmm. but now she believes in UFOs in the place of God. Really, and that's what's going on in a massive, huge way right but listen, now. Listen, why would Every the Pentagon reason. care about this? Why would they care about this? Why would the Why would the military-industrial complex care about this? Because they they, they can control people with that belief. Well, what are now, they doing? What would be different if the if the Pentagon well, controlled us? What would be different right now? Let me just backtrack a second. The phenomenon is you know of, of UFOs is basically as you will, you will get from a wonderful book by ufologist Jacques Vallée called oh, we know him yep passport to magonia oh, we, that, it's he, a great, great this book this phenomenon yes. has been going on in many different cultures and you know, under many different names for thousands and thousands of years go ahead so this is just part of what reality is in this world. Oh, can I just you know, ask you, though? Can I ask you this, There's physical though? reality that we stuff we see through our eyes, hear through our ears, you know, tables right. we can hit with our fists when we get, when we get a little overboard. Yes. And, uh, and, and then, then if, if you believe in God, you know, you'll recognize a higher world of, of spirituality that, that transcends all of this. Mm -hmm. And then there's a world in between which is kind of physical and kind of not. It's quasi-physical, subtle physical. And then, everybody knew about that world until the West, a few centuries ago, started to consider that to be old hat and, and superstition. And, you know, now everybody's seeing these things, mm -hmm. particularly because everybody's got cell phones and yes. they can video them, or also because um, military radar and infrared sensors and stuff are getting more and more sophisticated. Yes. We're starting to be able to see a little bit into that world and see things, you know, that we couldn't see before. And so now we're getting hit. Wait a minute. What are these things? Now, if it was 300 years ago or 400 years ago, everybody would say, oh, the, the Muslims would say, well, those are the jinn. Or right. Northern Europeans would say, well, those are the fairies. Terrorists. Or even the Catholic, medieval Catholics okay. would say, yeah, we're those still are seeing the, the same thing. Evi, Different which name. are the long-lived beings, which are neither angels nor okay, demons. But this, there uh, they Charles, are. Charles, if but, this but, is the but case, since we Charles. don't believe in that stuff anymore. We're, we're totally into materialism. When it comes, it, it just blows our minds. Yeah, so but let me say, ask you this, look, Charles. Let me you know, ask it, this. There must be some kind of you know advanced technological civilization from other planets because it couldn't be what it appears to be. Let you me know, ask you this, be, please, please. You know, something in our in our materialistic worldview. You know. Let me ask so. you this. Okay, so what we're saying is, and this isn't the first time we've heard this, is that we are seeing the same thing. We are experiencing the same thing as 400 years ago. We just call it something different. That much I can understand. 
Why would yeah. the Pentagon be involved in something like this? Were the Crusaders well, okay, involved okay, in it? Okay, to begin yeah. with, um, in, 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 a larger, in a larger sense, they, they don't want, they want to get rid of religions because religions are something that in their initial, in their original form, they can't exercise total control of. I'm they all for that, by the, the way. Population, so they off. want to take the, you know, take, take the wind out of the sails of religion. Secondly, and, and this is, and they want to create a religion. It's a perfect religion because you can, you can have sort of all of the emotions and, and, and reactions you have mm-hmm as a religious believer, which I believe are sort of natural to the human being to yes. believe in something greater than ourselves. Yes. But you can do it without ever having to throw away your materialism. You can when is this going to happen? Good materialist. And yet, and yet, you know, you have all these religious feelings about UFOs. But the mm-hmm. thing is, hey, the government, it doesn't everybody believe the government knows these beings. Yeah, but the here's the thing. Can I just say one thing? We got, the, like, the we got like five minutes. The government is in touch with them. The government has made treaties with them. Yes. You know, Eisenhower, you know, uh, met them, you know, yes. all that, you know. So in other words, this makes the, 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 the government, the military industrial intelligence complex, Go in ahead. effect, the priests of this new religion. Let me and ask so you this, Charles. Charles. They are the authorities. We may not like we them, but we left. believe they know. Let me ask right? you this, though. Great power over us. Let me ask you this. Okay, first of all, this is what I don't understand from a lot of people, let's say, that have these kind of conspiracies. Okay? Um, I don't want to call it a conspiracy with these kind of beliefs. Well, uh, let me just say this, okay? First of all, we want to say the government, the U.S. government is f***ed up. Okay? And you hear it every day. You know, they, they can't do anything right. They can't do anything right. The military can't do anything right. There's people stealing billions of dollars, so on and so forth. They're getting caught every day doing something. All of a sudden, the government now is all-knowing. They don't make mistakes. You know, no one's going to catch them. They've come up with this unbelievable conspiracy, and no one has... Well, you yeah, see what I mean? I mean, first, there's, there's, there's different levels. I mean, you know, like anybody would say, ah, you know, the, the, the Masons below the 33rd degree know nothing. But as soon as you get to be 33rd degree, then you're in on the global conspiracy to rule the world. Okay. Well, I wouldn't necessarily literally How'd believe that. How'd that work out that, for but there them? But there are, you know, uh, uh, you know, smaller groups of people who have maintained, who have a pretty sophisticated idea of, of, of uh, how to control large groups of people, but, large you know populations, and 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 have been doing this for generations. I mean, well, but but not, but we're not. A method though. called the Fabian Socialist method. Yeah, I know, but we're so- not in that world. We don't live in that world. Okay, I mean, if the if well, if there have been they people, live in our world. <laughs> I know, but if there have been people trying to take over the world, the intelligentsia, whoever you want to call them, have been trying yeah. to take over the world for hundreds of years. Where are they? You know, why haven't they done it? They've failed. Because we do not live in a world like that. They have, largely. It's just that that, that they're not a unified movement. they are different power blocks that are jockeying for control. Yeah, but if there are people out there, they're out for money. They're more controlled than we can ever possibly imagine. Yeah, but it's it's more of a money thing. Go ahead. uh, uh, Yeah, I got a question. Club will know. Go, please. In your book there, The Alien Disclosure Deception... You described USOs as psychophysical entities. Now, is that saying that they really aren't greys and they don't go around in rocket ships? Uh, you know, I, I'm not quite clear what you mean when you describe them that Well, way. they go around in some kind of ships, but I don't think those ships are from other planets. Now, there is a, 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 an Eastern Orthodox priest named Sarah from Rose who wrote a book called 
Orthodoxy and the Religion of the Future. And he had a chapter on UFOs, a great chapter. And he said two things which, which are very, actually three things which are really important to realize. One, he said when Christianity was developing in, in its early years, but most of the, of the Roman Empire was still pagan. Yes. There's a lot of magicians operating because yes. that was was done. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the early Christian saints talked about experiences very much like UFO experience, which they they attributed to demons. So uh, uh, number two, Seraphim Rose says, the de you know, he calls them demons. And I'm gonna, this is a parenthesis here. He calls them demons. Uh, Muslims call them jinn, and jinn is a little less uh, pejorative term. The jinn can be good guys or bad guys. Some mm -hmm. of the jinn are faithful Muslims or, in fact, faith, faithful Christians, etc. Others are not, and they're in rebellion against God, and, and they're they're basically demons. You know? Yes, yes, so yes. It, it, yeah. But anyway, it, it, the, the Christians just concentrate on, on the, you know, th these guys are bad news, and you don't want to get involved with them. They yes. call them all demons. All right. So, so, uh, so Seraphim Rose will say, and the demons have a kind of technology of their own. They can produce structures on their own plane, which is uh, uh, like, a, a, say, psychophysical. It's a subtle physical plane, not quite material, almost material. They can produce their own, quote, kind of technology. One of the powers they have, number three, is temporary materialization. They can come through and become physical objects in this world, appear in radar, leave behind physical traces. But most most often, and perhaps always, they will pretty soon go up in smoke because they don't exactly belong here. They have to use a lot of energy to materialize here and, and, and to interact with us, and then they're gone. Because their proper place where they live, they're like a fish out of water when they're here. That's almost, like, uh, that almost makes sense in a way. You know what I mean? That almost plane, does you know. uh, for the first time. But, uh, you know, you would almost see that, and they, they just make uh, quick appearances. We see them doing something crazy, and then bang, they're gone, you know? And I can yeah. almost see that. That It's almost like a deep-sea dive. You know, the, the deeper you go, the more stuff you have to have. You know? Listen, we're going to take a, yeah. a break now. Charles, you're going to hang around with us? we get a couple more segments. Uh, Are you hanging yeah. with us? I think you should send your, um, what do they call that photo when you send to Hollywood Studios? Your headshot. I think you'd, you'd be a pot for you in, you know, some kind of Mel Gibson movie or something like that, you know? <laughs> you'd be the Lord uh, Viceroy of, uh, no? Has anyone approached you to be in a movie? That wasn't a point. Well, movie. you know, the, the Muslims say that the human race is God's viceroy on this earth. Well, that's where he came from. Okay, hey, listen, are. I, I got to say this. We like viceroys, man, because that's what we are. No, we used to smoke that as kids. We, you know, <laughs> the thing is, is that we can't pick on any religion here, but we can't, like, champion any religion either. You know, the oh, Muslims God. have a lot to answer for. I'm sorry. I know that we have a lot to answer well, for for them, too, but... They have a lot to answer, but we're not going to turn There's into large this. Groups of, large groups of human beings yeah. have all got a lot to answer for. You got that right, most. baby. Okay. All right. Why don't we do this? Why don't we all have a drink and take a uh, commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Macaloni's Mill Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. So until you hear us next time, this is Macaloni for the entire gang saying, be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. Okay, the show's over. Hey, Cobra, where are we going to eat tonight? Well, gentlemen, what do you feel like? Chinese, Italian, sushi? How about we go where they have the best hamburger in the world? And where would that be, one one? Only the Starboard Galley. Starboard Galley? 
They're a great seafood place, but they're in Newburyport and we're in Exeter. But they're only 20 minutes away down Route 95, and believe me, they have the best hamburger in the world. Let's go. Okay, boys, license and registration. Where's the fire, you clowns going to the circus? We're in a hurry just to get the best hamburger in the world. And where's that, Pally? That's the Starboard Galley in Newburgh. The great seafood place? Yes, but they make a great hamburger, too. And they start with the best beef. Super fresh buns. Great toppings. Plus, it's only 20 minutes away from Exeter, 25 from Portsmouth. Not with a police escort, buddy. Light them up, Switchblade. Starboard Galley. They're here. That's the Starboard Galley, 55 Water Street, Newburyport. Great seafood and the best hamburger in the world. And tell them Juan Juan sent you. My dad, he's a double amputee and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. Homes for our troops built this house, and my dad can get through the wide doorways. He can reach anything. Homes for our troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. Join our mission at hfotusa.org. Everyone's Mac Maloney's Military Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney, and at some point we're going to come out with a bloopers reel, off-air bloopers reel. Be funny. Anyway, that's my way of saying we have quite a gang here tonight. Starts off, girls, with the very famous Juan Juan over there across the puddle. Juan. Hello. Yep, here I am in the UK, the home of uh, Romans, Vikings, and all other kinds of tribes. That, Good feel. Uh, and they all get along, don't they? over the country. Okay. You guys uh, used to have a few Christians over there, too. Hey, see, here yeah, we go. Yeah, there's occasional Christian here and there. I mean, there you know, <laughs> uh, uh, next. Catholics and Protestants, we're dealing with that. Okay. Okay, also with us is our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward. Switchy. Great to be here. Okay. What you have for breakfast? Real quick, tell us. Uh, I had the, uh, what they call the low-carb breakfast. Oh, yes. Uh, scrambled eggs. Uh, a few strips of bacon and sausage ja-ding, and a biscuit ja-ding, and black coffee. Ja-ding, ja-ding. All right, 5,000 calories. That is low. Yeah, but if you, eat, if you eat pig, you're going to hell. There you go. But, All right, remember that. <laughs> Let's say it on, on that on the air. Forget that was the voice of God again, switching. Also <laughs> with us is our, our security chief, Willie Club, who should step in here at one point. Willie, how yeah, you doing? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm like a, a sponge tonight. I'm taking all this in. Really? Trying to digest it, you might say. Okay. But but I'm uh, I'm learning a lot. I'm I'm enjoying this uh, interaction. With the air. Okay. Uh, also with us is UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo enjoying the interaction. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. And okay. uh, you know, <clears throat> I was an altar boy too. I think uh, oh. there are a fair number of us uh, on the show that probably were altar boys in their day. Sure. All right, but that doesn't mean we have to talk Ex-Catholics about it. No, I'm just yeah. first. You know, ex-Catholics. Ooh. Yeah. 
Anyway, our, uh, also with us is a uh, favorite good witch up there, a witch up there in Sideways, New York, Raven. How are we doing tonight, Raven? Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. About to get my tarot cards out. Yeah, yeah, you better. Yeah, you better get that new set. Are you enjoying yourself tonight? Oh, I am. I'm are having you, a blast. Thanks for having me. Okay. All right. Good to know. Also with us is our guest, uh, Charles Upton. Charles, how are you doing out there? You're in California, right? No, I'm in Kentucky. I was oh. in California all my life till 2004. Then really? I moved to Lexington, Kentucky, because my wife Jenny uh, grew up here, and California became impossible. Really? <laughs> as, as more and more people are realizing. But we, yeah. we, uh, yeah. You know, Mac, we were yeah. talking about who Charles you know, reminded like. us of. Now Say. that I see it. Kentucky, a Kentucky colonel. Yes, absolutely, a Kentucky on the a Confederate uh, general. D or uh, who was that one down there at KFC? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Sanders. Yeah, colonel yeah, Colonel Sanders. Sanders. Yes. My mother-in-law mother knew Colonel Sanders. Really? really? Yeah, when he was wow. a lieutenant. Cool. When before he was, you know, like had a big chain, he was just, you know, somehow a local guy. Yeah, huh? What yeah, kind he of... was a lieutenant at that time. Right, he was a small. Yeah, all right. <laughs> wow, that would be right. You, uh, you, you'd like. It looks like you'd be uh, sipping a mint julep. Ever have one of those? No, and I, I not not till I'm dead. Not till dead. Okay, that's, that's how good it is. Try, you know, mm -hmm. on the other side, mint so, julep. Uh, so anyway, so uh, Charles is into everything having to do with UFOs. But tonight, uh, right now, we're going to listen to uh, Ravenhead's report. We're going to put our bumper in right here. And now, it's time for Raven. Raven, what do you have for us tonight? Well, I have the disappearance of Lars Matank. And this is the most famous missing person on YouTube. Um, do you just want to apologize in advance if I mispronounce any names or locations related to this case? I did look up tons of pronunciations. Um, there's a lot of German words and it's like, it's really rough. So we'll just, we'll do our best. So. Uh, Lars Matank was born on February 9th, 1986 in Berlin, Germany. Uh, he grew up in it, uh, yeah, Itzehoe Schleswig-Holstein uh, and lived there for his entire life. Uh, he worked at a power plant. He had friends. He had a girlfriend. He visited his parents regularly. He was described as a normal person. Um, so nothing like super remarkable in any way about his day-to-day -day life. So let's dive in. June 30th, 2014, 28-year-old Matank traveled with five of his friends to Varna, Bulgaria. Uh, this was his first trip outside of Germany. Uh, the group stayed at the Golden Sands, which is a seaside resort, and that's just outside of the city of Varna. Uh, Paul Rahman, one of Matank's friends, said about the trip, quote, the week went by really fast. We relaxed on the beach, swam in the pool, played football, went clubbing. He was relaxed. He was in a good mood, end quote. On a weirder note, Tim Schultz, um, another friend in the group, said that Matank did not eat much on the trip um, and that he would have only a small bowl of soup or a small salad at a time. Um, his friends reported no additional abnormal behavior by Matank until the final part of the trip. Um, and just on a side note, I don't really think Lars's diet had anything to do with his disappearance, um, nor do I think it was abnormal. 
Um, I don't really feel like it's relevant, but it was brought up in relation to his case. So I just want to present all the facts. Okay. Um, So on July 6, 2014, the day before they were supposed to return home, Matank and his companions were at a bar in town. Uh, Matank ended up getting into an argument uh, with some other patrons over football. Matank was a fan of the football club Werder Bremen, uh, while the other group were fans of Bayern Munich. Um, Mm -mm. So after the disagreement, he parted from his friends um, and disappeared for the rest of the night. Matank returned to the resort the following morning and told his friends he was beaten up by four men hired by the group from the bar who he was arguing with the night before. During the fight, Matank sustained an injury to the jaw and ruptured uh, and a ruptured eardrum. He saw a doctor who advised him not to fly due to his injury and prescribed an antibiotic called Cefprazil 500 milligrams. I got that. Uh, Matank's friends wanted to stay with him, but he insisted he was fine um, on his own and told them to follow the original plan and fly home on July 7th, which they did. So July 7th, 2014, Matank and his friends check out of the resort. Uh, at this point, Lars uh, would part ways from the group and check into Color Varna, a cheap hotel close to the airport, for one night. However, a day after his friends left, he began to act paranoid. While at the hotel, Matank called his mother, Sandra Matank. Uh, in a whisper, he told her that people were trying to kill or rob him and that he sh- she should cancel his credit cards. The CCTV in the hotel recorded him pacing up and down the halls, looking out windows, and hiding in an elevator. At 1 a.m., he left the hotel and returned about an hour later. It is unknown what he did during that time. Um, In the morning, he once again called his mother, telling her that the people pursuing him were getting closer. July 8th, 2014. Lars was hoping to fly home to Germany uh, out of a out of Varna Airport. This was the last day he would be seen. He texted his mother that he had arrived at the airport and went to consult with the airport doctor, Dr. Costa Kostov. Dr. Kostov would later describe his behavior as nervous and erratic. Um, according to Dr. Kostov, he told Matank that he was cleared for travel and could fly home. However, Matank did not want to leave his office expressing doubt about the medication that he was taking. Um, At that time, the airport was undergoing a renovation and a construction worker entered the office that they were in. Kostov reported that Matank began to tremble. He yelled, quote, I don't want to die here. I have to get out of here, end quote. Then he got up and fled from the office. He left behind all of his luggage, which included his wallet, cell phone, and passport. Airport security cameras captured Matank running through the terminal in what appears to be a panic. Once outside, he can be seen on the footage jogging away from the airport, climbing a fence, running into a meadow, and sprinting off camera in the direction of a forest near Bulgarian National Highway A2. Uh, This CCTV footage is available on YouTube for anyone who's interested in seeing how everything kind of went down. Um, And these are his last confirmed whereabouts. Um, So between experts and family members, no one can definitively agree on the cause or causes of Matank's behavior, and if there was any validity to his paranoia. Uh, Matank's mother and some German and Bulgarian doctors have suspected that Matank's unusual behavior 
was the result of a rare side effect from the antibiotic that he was prescribed. Remember, he was prescribed Cefrazil uh, for his injuries from the fight. This antibiotic had been known to induce psychotic side effects, including hallucinations and paranoia. However, according to Dr. Kostov, Lars had not been taking his medication. Per a statement from Dr. Kostov, uh, quote, he didn't take those antibiotics. He didn't even fill his prescription. So his behavior couldn't have been a result of that. I can't think of a single reason why he left my office in such a panic. I'm still confused, end quote. His mother said that he had no history of mental illness, but a mental breakdown caused by an undiagnosed mental illness has been discussed as a possible explanation for his bizarre actions. Uh, it is unknown what happened to Lars after he fled the airport. With the police unable to determine his fate, Sandra Matank, Lars's mother, hired a private investigator named uh, Andreas Gutig. Uh, he checked hospital records for patients without identification, but found nothing. Matank had experience in hunting, fishing, and trapping, but there is skepticism about whether he would have been able to survive for long outdoors due to intense heat and lack of food. Mm -hmm. But his mother has expressed that she believes he is still alive and that he possibly lost his memory. About a year after his disappearance, a truck driver thought he saw him hitchhiking in Varna. There have been multiple reported sightings of him in several other countries as well, but none have been confirmed. In 2019, a German truck driver gave a hitchhiker a ride from Dresden to Schilado in Oberhavel, Brandenburg. Um, the driver became aware of the Matank case after the fact and said that the hitchhiker resembled an older version of Lars. The driver said that the man had long hair, a beard, tired eyes, and prominent cheekbones. Sounds like Matt me. Hank has been described as the most famous missing person on YouTube. Mm. Uh, by May 2018, less than four years after his disappearance, the security footage of him in the airport had been viewed more than 16 million times. Wow. Uh, the mysterious nature of the case has led to frequent discussions and the growth of numerous theories. Uh, Lars has never been found, and the case remains unsolved. Uh, Matank is listed as 180 centimeters, uh, which is five foot eleven, uh, with dark blonde hair, and he has a scar on his left forearm. He is currently 38 years old, and he just vanished into thin air. See, here's the thing. And that is here's the thing. I think. All right, let me just jump in here real quick. Yeah. Um, these days, you can't, you can't survive. You can't survive for a long time without, I'm sorry, a credit card. You know what I mean? Some kind of connection. People don't pay in cash anymore. How could you live for 10 years without a footprint? I understand. Unless you have someone hiding you. You know what I mean? If someone's hiding you, it will be a little easier. Um, but it's very hard these days to disappear. So what this guy, whatever happened to him, Wow. It's, it sounds to me like it still sounds like some kind of a drug reaction where all of a sudden he gets all this paranoia uh -huh. and then he runs into the woods. And obviously that would have worn off at some point and he would have got out there to look for uh, family or friends or whatever. Yeah. So I'm, the way I'm reading this thing is that I, I can see it, even though they said he didn't take that drug, it sounds like he did. And maybe he went in the woods and exposure, and then, 
You know, there's a lot of beers over in their forest, there forest, so you, uh, you might never find another trace of him. But yeah. I would have thought once that paranoia that he had, which sounds temporary, wore off, that he would have come to his senses and tried to locate, you know, people to help him get back. Yeah. So it's odd, but I, you know, we have a thing in Boston I, with the colleges. Uh-huh. Every year there's two or three of these incidents where these college students new to Boston go in the bar and they drink heavily uh-huh. and then they end up drowning yeah. in the seaport, in, mm-hmm. yep. in the ocean because, you know, the, obviously the drinking, they just lost all direction. Yep. And they and they end up walking a mile down the street, and they end up in Boston Harbor, the and they drown. And it happens almost every year. Yes, it's almost you know you could time it from September when school starts, and it's always one or two. Yep. And there are always people that are not familiar with the area. They're students who came from out of country or out of state. But in a way, it almost sounds something like that. It's, but he went through a lot. This guy went through yeah. a lot for, before that happened. Hey, Charles, do you have a take on this? Charles Upton, now, buddy. Well, well yeah, j- j- just one thing about his paranoia. Uh, look, if if he was beaten bad enough to to bust his eardrum, he could have had a concussion. True. Yep. Right. You know? True. And that 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 he could have had slight temporary brain, you know, yep. trauma, and and that that could explain his his paranoia and hallucinations and everything. Yeah. You know. Mm. You know, concussions, there's no such thing as a slight concussion. They used to say, well, he has a slight concussion. Well, no such thing, you know. But anyway, yeah. so so what was the last physical trace of him? Has he shown up like on camera, anything, or just eyewitnesses? There, there, you know, I what I read was a lot of people have claimed that they've seen him mm-hmm. just kind of as like a cruel joke. Oh. And like they they have tried to like follow up on things and those, it turns out to be nothing. So I think like the the last, you know, the last one would have been the, the truck driver that picked him up. But again, it's like you really can't confirm it. Right. And where did he go right. after that? You know, if you dropped him off somewhere. And, and, so. and he, I mean, did, 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 he know, so. did he have survival wilderness survival skills? A I little mean, bit. If he lost his memory and became a hermit who lived off of roots and berries. I mean, is that possible? I mean, not not in, not with, in, a, in an area with a lot of when, where it snows in the winter, unless he was real good at, at creating shelter, it doesn't it's, sound it's, likely. It's hard to just, it's hard to survive out in that wilderness. And there's that yeah. there's a movie in a book about that guy. He I forget Sean Penn was involved in it. This guy wanted to go out up in the hills in Washington State or someplace to live off the land. So his plan was he had an old school bus out there. And his plan oh, was wild. that book is so good. Yeah, to grow his own food and, and and while waiting for the food to grow, he would go out and shoot squirrels and eat the squirrels. But as it turns out, the mathematics of it is that it's very hard to shoot a squirrel. And when you do, you get about like an an d'oeuvre worth of meat. So the yeah. time and the effort that you put into shooting or you know, trying to shoot squirrels, you starve to death. Okay. It's, he it's very... he accidentally poisoned himself. Right. Yeah. Okay. But he was starving to death, right? When it happened. Yeah. 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 So, but so, the poisoning didn't help. Didn't help. Right. <laughs> so so what do you you know what I mean? It's very you can't go out there and just eat berries. You know you have to. Yeah, and, and don't eat what you th- think is is wild parsley. Never do that. Don't eat that. Okay. <laughs> Smoke it. Be, uh... Don't eat it. 
Wow. Poison hemlock or fool's parsley or a bunch of things that are poison. Raven, thank you, know, you for that. Is that. We're going to clap he here. Was in a, it sounded like a major city like Nuremberg, I right. think you mentioned. That's a big city. And even if you're in the forest, you're eventually going to end up back out in civilization. It's Someone will like find you. In the middle of Germany someplace yep. in, you know, a, far, a forest. I no matter know, what, just, someone would find you. Hunter, you know, yeah, someone. I guess I'm going to have to look at that. I got to read that. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, where yeah, it's it's fascinating, and like you'll go down a rabbit hole. I mean, like I could have gone on for another, you know, half hour with more information, but yeah, yeah. What, what's interesting is is why you know one missing person. Everybody says, you know, where is he? I mean, the the, the fact that that like 16 million released views, you know, all those people would get interested in that case is interesting psychologically yeah, yeah yeah everybody feels that they've lost somebody everybody feels sometimes that they've lost themselves what if i was that guy you know could people identify so. you would not want to know him that would be my biggest fear you know to yeah, someone just to yeah, disappear and right. you don't know what happened to yeah, them i, I mean, think that's bad yeah, isolation i mean since covid isolation has come down Mm -hmm. On a lot of people. I mean, people people are still in a in de facto lockdown, you yep. know. Because a, a lot of you know here here in in Lexington, a lot of you know restaurants and places where people would hang out didn't survive COVID, and so you just have same here. You know, less relation to human beings since then. right. Well, yeah, that's how it is. But anyway, well, listen. Why we take a quick break now? You're listening to Macmillan's Milk Tracks. So here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Well, I was going to clap for Raven. Let's do it. Okay, Thank okay. you. <laughs> the clap was missing there for a second. Oh, that sounds bad. Um, you're listening to Mac Maloney's Milk Tracks on show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. And I just kept going on and on about myself. I'm taking a leak in the driveway. He says, I know you like to talk to total stranger. The story's got nothing to do with the Bruins game. It's what happened with Grandma. I was wondering if those were sadomasochism straps or something. <laughs> but I digress uh, from what I don't know. Get into the beautiful mind of Juan Juan only on the Mac Maloney Military X-Files show. Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. Girls, he's here, the very famous Juan Juan. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Mm -hmm. Enjoying, Enjoying the show immensely tonight. I really. Okay. Great guest, yeah. Yeah, okay. Good. Good. Uh, that, I'm glad to hear you say that. Also with us is our national correspondent down there in Flapjack, West Virginia, Switchblade Steve Ward, Switchy. Uh, Great to be here in Flapjack, West Virginia. Right. Very quickly, what what was your breakfast again? This is the uh, locale special. Go ahead. Uh, uh, Tudors, the uh, the uh, uh, yeah the uh, what do they call it? They, they 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 call it the low carb breakfast. Go ahead. Uh, I had scrambled eggs, yes. uh, a few strips of bacon, uh, sausage patty, and a biscuit. 
Where's that low carb? So the biscuit's the only carb in there. <laughs> yeah. I only had so? half of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're probably right. That was but, full. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Love those biscuits. Anyway, also with us is our security chief, Willie Club. What a junk food. Guy. Hey Mac. Okay. Boy, that switch and I. He's just such a tough act to follow. I, yep. Always I, has I can't been. compete with him at all. He's just. Uh, yep. Unbelievable. We understand. But anyways, yeah, great show tonight. I'm enjoying the yeah. diversity, you might say. Okay. Our topics. All right, if you want. Uh, also with us is um, UFO mechanic El Ronaldo. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. You want to explain why you have a, a miniature golf course on the desk? In well, because I make, you know, if, if I happen to put something down loud or make a noise, I annoy someone so i try the engineer so i try (laughs) i try to put this here so that if i bang on the table or i do anything it doesn't uh disrupt anything so basically what it does he takes pistol pete's putting green okay and puts it on (laughs) yeah i do it's it's actually this is the putting green off the right thing in the in the conference room okay so i if i sit here i'll bang i'll do something and It'll be annoying, so I right. I sit here with this. So it, I, what's what's good about that is that he also has a bag of clubs back there. So if we're looking for Bob the Ghost, we usually yeah, go get know, the golf clubs. Come up with a club. <laughs> if you hit someone with an iron, baby, they're gonna feel it. You Unless they're I mean? a ghost, and it's gonna go right through. Them. Go right through them, and then then you should use the wood. Hang on, listen. Also, Charles, there's really a ghost in that studio. I, I've I've experienced it myself uh, when I work. Let's interview uh, the yeah. witch first, and they, then they, they love uh, electronic equipment that can just yep. okay. All zap right. along the wires, and then they feed off the energy, right, Charles? Yeah, they do. That's why their uh, bills are so high here. Listen, uh, Raven, uh, our good. Wait, let me start again. A good. Uh, hang on. What are you doing? <laughs> Raven, you got him tongue-tied. No. I guess. <laughs> There's a reason for it. It's called Al's Debris. Um, also with us up there in upstate New York, it's our favorite good witch, Raven. Raven, how are you doing? Hi, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, Raven. Hmm. Hi. Just want to let you know, she gets about 99% of the email fan mail. Of course. I get none. Yeah. So, And everyone else is in between. Um Anyway, uh, Raven, uh, real quick, someone asked me, a fan asked me the other day, I, do you bake? Do you like bake cakes and stuff like that? Are you a cook? No. No? I'm going to no. say no. I, I burn cereal. <laughs> really? <laughs> Cheerios? Okay. No way. Okay. Uh, also with us is uh, our friend, our new friend, Charles Upton. Charles Upton, uh, down in Lexington, Kentucky. He's the UFO... Yes. Um, I don't know. How would you describe yourself in an elevator pitch? It's a quick elevator. Oh, that was, the last description was too long. Uh, I'm 75 years old. I remember from before the counterculture, went through the counterculture, went through uh, a, a semi-leftist politics peace movement, new age, da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Then I sort of went straighter and joined the Sufis, and uh, I've been that for like, you know, mm-hmm. But what are you yeah. today? Well, he's already on the fifth 25, floor. I, I am there, tw- like twenty-five years. That that that's a form through which I can I can okay. remember God, and that's what it is. To okay. Me, so. so, do you think eventually, um, you know, the secret of UFOs will 
you know, be revealed to us in our lifetime, or is it a secret forever? I think it's there, but you have to interpret it. You know, I mean, I mean, I don't know if, if people will ever stop dreaming the wrong dreams about what they are, but but I, I think all the information that we need to know about what they basically are uh-huh. is available except for me as a believer in God, you've got to have a position outside the game. Mm. You know, if you can look at all these different phenomena, you know, of, of the Bigfoot and, and, and the, the Mothman and the UFOs and the elves and, and the ghosts. And if you can look at all these different ideologies that are bouncing around and people believe they're aliens and they believe that they're a government plot and they believe if you look at all this stuff yes uh it it, it will one of those ideas will grab you and you will get obsessed with it and you will yes. go and go and you will try to prove that that belief and you will amass vast amounts of data and do a huge amount of research and speculate you know yes until you're blue in the face and uh, you will not really get it you have to step back and see if you see all this from the standpoint of the one and that the one is not involved in the world and yet the world is totally happening within the one. But let me and ask. What the one is the truth behind everything in the world. And yet from another standpoint, it's not involved. Yeah, but let me ask it's, you this question. Yeah, though. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. You can Charles. Put these, the, 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 the different parts of the puzzle together fairly easily and, and c- come up with what the UFOs right, generally Let me ask this, Charles. Are. Charles, let me ask you this. Okay. That's it. All right. Just for an alternate theory. Okay. How about if we take religion out of it? Okay, and let's say let's say the universe was created by something that we cannot conceive of what they are. Let's just let's just leave it at that. Then what well, do you're you? Saying, no, you're hang saying on. They so so that that, that puts you See? in the world of religion. But I can't. Politics. But I can't. But I can't. Okay. Let me ask the question. Okay, let's just let's just agree to to take religion out of the whole equation. Then what what are UFOs? Damn if I know. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay, good answer. All right. You know, listen, I really like I really like what you said, though, um, back where if it would take a lot of energy to, to go universe hopping. You know what I mean? It would take a lot of energy, and that's yeah. why they don't stay for a long time. I like that idea in a way, I you know. know? Um, but anyway, we're going to get to Switchy's report. I'm going to put his bumper in now, Switchy. And now, it's time for another story from the lost annals of the paranormal. It's time for Steve Ward's Report from the Fringe. What do you have for us, Switchy? Well, the, the name of the gentleman is J. Gordon Vaith, V-A-E-T-H. He was, of, he was of the Special Devices section of the Office of Naval Research. He was an aeronautical engineer who had been working for a number of years developing rockets Skyhook balloons, remember those, um, and high altitude flight. Uh, he was uh, also an air, intelli- air intelligence to the Atlantic fleet from 1942 to 1945. Now, this is, uh, this is back in the 50s, back in the old days. And I first read about this guy in one of the old newsletters. There used to be dozens and dozens of uh, newsletters about uh, UFOs back in the 50s and 60s. This was CSI, Civilian Saucer Intelligence Group newsletter. Now it uh, on uh, in uh, on in New York uh, on uh, on June third, nineteen fifty five. They had a meeting, and this uh, Vaith spoke there. Uh, he was uh, spoke along with a guy named Ted Blocher, 
he was uh, uh, Ted Blocher was a, a big name in in UFO research back in those well all the way up to the seventies anyway. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, now this this talk was on space flight by man. Yes. Uh, how uh, how soon? And I get a little feedback in here. Okay. Uh, anyway. Uh, and now that's you know sounds kind of boring at least in in this day and age. But the question and answer period got a little bit interesting. Okay. Uh, he spoke at length about flying saucers. Now flying saucers back in those days was a perfectly good term. Yes. You know we we go back and forth about UFOs and UAP. Uh, I think my favorite is uh, Charles Ford's uh, OSF objects seen floating. He actually used that term. Nice. Back in books. Uh, anyway. Uh, he had an interest in flying saucers days because of a couple personal experiences. He had one in, in uh, July or August, about 1954. I'll get to that one in a moment. But one, uh, there was one covered in his book called 200 Miles Up, The Conquest of the Upper Air. And the book was about high-altitude rockets and balloons uh -huh. carrying instrumentation into the upper atmosphere, uh, uh, flying laboratories and so forth to give information about that part of our planet. Back then, they didn't really know much about that. And uh, uh, he writes in his book that some skyhook balloons were mistaken for, in quotes, saucers. Yes. Uh, it was one in 1947 uh, when one of the skyhook balloons floated over a large city, moved into an area of low wind, about 95,000 feet. Mm. It stayed there for about three hours. Mm. The balloon reflected sunlight, and the setting sun caused it to turn red. It mm. got a, a few people nervous at the time. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, on April 24th, 1949, uh, they were, he was out there with a balloon crew, and uh, they were at the White Sands Proving Ground in New Mexico. And he, uh, he was with personnel from the U.S. Navy Special Devices Center. Uh, they had facilities uh, there to, uh, to observe the weather data and so forth. So what they did was they, they uh, were pre preparing for this operation at 10.20 a.m. They released a small 350-gram weather balloon. Now, after lunch, they thought they spotted it with the naked eye. And suddenly, an unidentified object came out of the east. It was apparent that it was, a, it was not the balloon because they had it in sight at the same time. And it was visible for more than 60 seconds. Then it disappeared in a sharp climb. Cloudless sky, no haze, uh, left no trail or exhaust or noise. And in, in his book, he's very careful. He kind of dances around it. He doesn't uh, uh, suggest that it's it's aliens or a proper UFO. He just says it's it's you know it's something that they observed and could not identify. But uh, actually, when he when he's giving this talk in in uh, in 1955 of a sighting he had a year earlier, he said and this is what really convinced him. He saw three globular objects flying in formation. Mm -hmm. One vanished before his eyes, and it, no doubt this was something com completely unexplained. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets a question in the audience about green fireballs. Remember those? Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, the uh, uh, they're, they're supposed to supposed to be three features of them. Mm -hmm. uh, one is they seem to fly horizontal, right? Uh, very quiet, and there are no fragments. They don't seem to hit and, and leave a bunch of fragments. That's a, what's that now, uh, early fifties switchy early fifties. Yeah, this green. is this is 1955. Yeah, right. Yeah, it it, it, was, it was it was one of these things for a year. These really weird, weird things. No one ever 
uh, figured them out. Then they kind of went away, which is also pretty strange. Could well, it, interesting enough, when they when you uh, talk to the uh, the contactees and the people that were supposed to be channeling the Space Brothers, they said the green fireballs were sent by the Space Brothers to neutralize our nuclear bombs, our nuclear tests. Oh, really? Yeah, they did so, a good job. That's for what it's worth. Well, uh, when, he it, saw, when has he saw this type of fireball yeah. twice. He saw once in Maryland and the other uh, in in October of '54 over uh, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. He saw it for several seconds uh, flying in a, in a, a perfectly horizontal path. Right. And uh, so uh, he, they, he, 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 then he, you know, back in those days, he raised, raised questions about the occupants. What, what, you know, who drives these things? Where do they come from? Mm-hmm. These are, these are the good old days. I remember uh, cool. uh, Jim Lorenzen in a special in, in the 1970s said back in the, in the fifties, they thought they were going to solve this mystery within a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Funny. You know, and they, we still haven't really solved it. And they also, and then, okay, I was just go going to say, they also, not only did people see these things, and, and are there pictures of them? There are plenty of pictures of them basically going horizontal, like you might see the contrail of a jet sometimes. Uh, right. But they also you know, saw them a lot after nuclear tests from Los Alamos. You know, I mean, they were over Los Alamos all the time. And it would happen usually after a nuclear test somewhere. And the weird thing that happened is they used to do the nuclear test out in the middle of the desert in New Mexico, right near Los Alamos. So the green fireballs would show up. But what freaked them out was like a year into it, they did a test out in the Bikini Atoll, and the green fireballs still showed up over Los Alamos. So, you know, what's, what's 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 the conscious this there you know what i mean it's kind of a, like a warning away or something that's on autopilot i don't know, and, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was the space brothers who knows yeah but go ahead and, and as an aside he, he wrote another book called uh uh blimps and u-boats mm. the u.s navy airships in the battle of the atlantic cool. and this book he tells the story of the u.s navy lighter than aircraft uh apparently blimps through something like thirty-seven thousand. Uh, missions attacks mm-hmm. and over the the, the uh, uh, North and South Atlantic, the Caribbean, and the Straits of Gibraltar. Yes, and their mission included uh, escorting, uh, you know, a, a lot of the uh, uh, surface vessels. So, uh, it's pretty interesting guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Based. Yep, yep. There's a famous um, uh, kind of ghost airship story, but it took place, I think, in San Francisco. Yeah, it did take place in San Francisco. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Towards the end of World War II, this blimp went out, and someone reported a Japanese submarine in San Francisco Bay. So I think it's called the Mystery of R5 or something. So they went out, and they looked for it, and um, it was like four guys in the, in the uh, gondola, they call them. And, and they started to say, we see something, and then, boom, they don't hear anything. Now, this is San Francisco Bay. Everyone is around, okay? You're not going to be fighting a submarine and right. not, you know, but they never heard from them again. But people saw the blimp, which is really weird. The blimp went over the San Francisco, the, the Golden Gate Bridge. Lots of surface, you know, vessels saw them. It crashed in some suburb, and no one was on board. Right. You know, no one that. saw them fall out. The bodies were never found. You know what happened, and that that really kind of ended the Navy's uh, airship thing. But that's a spooky. That whole story is kind of spooky. You know, airships themselves. I used to see them as a kid. Growing up in Dorchester, did you ever see them, uh, Club? Did you ever see blimps when you were a kid? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah flying around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the the Goodyear blimp was always around. Yeah, right. You know, Bay Area. 
was there. Right. Is that still around? We but, had them at sporting uh, events. Yes. We used to go in the sport. Old, uh, an old, you know, an old blimp and just write the big letters UFO on it. You know? Someone should <laughs> do that. That'd be very funny. popular. You could go around to state fairs <laughs> and they'd love to have you. You know, you could, you could. Make a living, but I I don't I'm not, don't have the entrepreneurial spirit. I guess uh, none of us do. Hey, listen, Switch. Thanks very much. Let's clap for Switch so he does own power. Switch me. So I think we're going to wrap up the show. Switch, can you uh, find the train wreck uh, image? Yes, I, I think I can. Okay. All right. I should say while well, uh, I'll tap dance while Switch is doing his special effects. Uh, how did dump a body at sea and not get caught? The new uh, true crime novel by uh, Mac Maloney and Mike Zappola, now on Amazon. And, um, you know, there's a way we can get free promotional copies to people, and um, but we haven't figured it out yet, but, you know, we will. But at some point we'll be giving some of the books away and also free e-books uh, is what we're trying to figure out. But as for now, um, how to dump a body at sea and not get caught. The Al Ferrari story on sale on Amazon. Um, should I go into the plugs now? Are we that? Uh, are we at that time there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're okay. um, Bob the Ghost is here. So we're getting close. Right. Okay. So anyway, well, um, Homestar Troops. Homestar Troop is a military organization that raises funds for our veterans who were hurt in combat after nine eleven. That's the Iraqi War, also the Afghani War, and these uh, people who came home most likely missing a limb. And what Homestar Troops does is they build them a house that are more suited to their needs. And what that means is not a lot of stairs, lower counter space, stuff like that. When they when they finish the home, they rip up the mortgage, they give them the keys, it's theirs for life. And they can go and, like, rejoin society. And I hate to say this, but, you know, be a little more anomalized, let's say. So uh, Homestar Troops build these homes. And we've been to them. Lois and I have been to one. And they're beautiful. You know, they're like about you know, almost $500,000 down in Massapoit, Massachusetts, excuse me. So these are nice places. And um, I think they've built about 375 of them so far. But the, pro- the problem is, is the waiting list is 1,000. So, you know, we should help them out. Home Threat Troops, uh, Google them and see what they're up to. 90 cents on your charity dollar goes to our veterans, and that's very high in the charity biz. And I think that's it also to say we remind everyone – that John McCain was not a loser. He was not a loser. He's a war hero, and he's also a disabled veteran. You don't make fun of people like that. Hey, Charles Upton, thanks very much for joining us. Charles. Charles, yeah, well, good job. I, I had another little spiel, which I could do, and we'll see how fast I can do it. Let's which, go. Which will tie up my argument. Go, go ahead, I think. Okay, so if, if you don't like a religion, here's a religion that you will hate, hopefully which is the religion of UFO worship and the relationship between the growth of that religion, which is coming from every media outlet, you know, under the sun okay. uh, with Satanism. And it goes like this. Those two. Alistair Crowley, God, um, Crowley. Yes. well-known black magician channeled an entity called lamb. Jimmy Page. In something he called the Amalantra workings, which many people see as our first image of the alien gray. Go ahead. Two of his, of his, um, students were Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, Jack Parsons, oh, uh, two great minds. Was, yes, go ahead. You know, a, 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 an advanced for the time rocket scientist 
who uh, co-founded the Aerojet Corporation, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, right. uh, who ha has a, a, a crater named after him on the dark side of the moon. Uh, and um, So he thinks. And Harvard were, were, were uh, brothers together in Crowley's uh, religion called Thelema. They were in the Thelema Lodge of L.A. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, Parsons, you know, you know he, he said... Um, his 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 lifetime uh, duty and, and and goal was to destroy Christianity. Okay, listen, hey Charles, my problem here is is that we have to get down to the starboard galley in like twenty minutes okay. before they close. Okay. So <laughs> I don't want to cut you no, off, but you so, would so understand. Any, anyway, par, you know par, Parsons, you know, uh, you know his his brother um, L. Ron Hubbard, founded Scientology, who believe that the human race was created not by God, by an alien named Zenu. Okay, you know, this is another show, right, so listen, good, yeah, that's good. good. Why don't we clap, let's clap Charles off, okay? I really mean, go. you know, if we gotta go. We'll see everybody uh, next time you hear us. Uh, this is back for the entire gang. Is that what I say? Yeah. Thank you, Juan Juan. Thank you, Raven. Thank you, Switch. Thank you, Club. Thank you, Mike, Al. Mike, Michael Aquino was was was. Thank you, Charles. What can we go? We'll fade out. Roswell, and he was a Satanist. We'll fade out. Okay. Out of uh, this the is Mac. Bye bye. This is Mac for the entire <laughs> game. <laughs> Be safe. So you see. Be happy. This proves. what well, you know the, the point that I haven't made yet, and we'll have a chance to. Yeah, and bye bye.
I'm the only one to blame for this Somehow it all adds up the same Soaring on the wings of pride I flew too high And like Icarus I collide Responsible for blown behavior I lost all contact with my former savior No one locked me out cause I failed to phone up I can't bear to live forever like a loner To be sad when you lack a partner How would I react to a broken heart now? It ain't really true rock and roll unless I'm Hanging on to you when I hold it next time Don't let go the coast Don't let go the coast Don't let go the coast
Hey, Mac Maloney fans, this is Pistol Pete, and I'm sitting here with the one and only Mac Maloney. Hi, Mac. Hi, Pete. Now, Mac, you've got a new book out called How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught that you wrote with our pal, famous crime novelist, Mark Zapula. How did this whole thing come about? Well, Mark and I have this uh, mutual friend that we would go out uh, having beers with every once in a while, and he had the same 20 stories that he would tell us kind of over and over again. And at some point, I said, you know, we should write these down. And we did, and it turned into a book. It's such a crazy title. How'd you come up with it? Well, kind of the same thing. We're in the bar talking to this uh, friend of ours one night, and he just said, you don't know how to get rid of a body at sea and not get caught. And, of course, we didn't know. And so uh, he told us. And uh, the secret is in the book, but I can say that it involves a lot of chain link fence and some crabs. Now, Mac, you gave me an advanced copy of the book. And like I said before, it's one of the funniest things I've ever read. It reminded me of The Sopranos if The Sopranos had a laugh track. Thanks, Pete. But it also gives you instructions on how to do some pretty shady stuff, stuff not exactly legal. Well, yeah, the book is about the true life adventures of a juvenile delinquent growing up in Boston in the late 1980s. So you get a lot of the inside stuff like the best way to steal a car, best way to burn a car, how to make fake IDs, things like that. But in one chapter, you actually tell people how to turn an old broken down Toyota into a brand new Rolls Royce in five easy steps, and it actually works. Uh, Yeah, I know it sounds crazy. I didn't believe it until I saw the proof, but yes, it actually works. Now, one last question. There's a lot of laughs in the book, but also a lot of pretty crazy stuff, legal and illegal. Is it really all true? It's really all true, but um, on the advice of our publisher, they've asked us not to say anything beyond that for legal reasons. But yes, it is all true. Well, thanks, Mac. That's How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught, the Al Ferrari story by Mac and crime writer Mark Zapula. Get it today on Amazon.